Welcome to the First Apostolic Church Podcast. Our church mission is to love as God loves, showing compassion to every soul, thus winning those souls and equipping them to be sent out to plant and to harvest. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you are blessed by today's podcast. Brother and Sister Glassbell, I know you're going to have a great time this Sunday with church in church with them Joshua 14 and 12 the Bible reads now therefore give me this mountain whereof the Lord spake in that day for thou heardest in that day how the Anakims were there and that the cities were were great and fenced and if so be the Lord will be with me then I shall be able to drive them out as the Lord said very beginning of verse number 12 he said now therefore give me this mountain I want to preach something tonight that the Lord led me for this service and I hope it blesses you as much as it encouraged me to get up and go after what God wants you to have but when Caleb makes the statement therefore give me this mountain Understand that he was not just saying it because he wanted it, but he was saying it because he earned it. So tonight, with the Lord's help, I want to preach earned, not given. Earned, not given. I wonder if you would help me pray tonight that God would move in this message. Lord, we love you. We thank you and praise you with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. We pray, Lord, that you would speak over this congregation tonight. Let your power and your presence dwell among your people. Lord, let us be anointed in our minds, hearts, and souls to receive your word. Lord, as we'll be sure to give you the praise, the honor, and the glory for it all. In the mighty, in the wonderful name of Jesus Christ, we pray. And let the church say amen. You may be seated tonight in this place. Never have we lived in a society of people who feel a sense of entitlement about everything. It is amazing to me, Bishop, that we live among people that simply because they are alive, they feel like somebody, someone, or some organization owes them. Something simply because of who they are. We live in a time to where people expect our government to give them everything that they need. This is why we find ourselves in a country, the greatest country on the face of the earth. I still believe America is the greatest country that you and I could ever live in. But it is why we find ourselves with a government who is over $17 trillion in debt because everybody is looked to that organization and said, you owe me because I'm an American. That same mentality has flooded 
the apostolic ranks in Christian society to the point where we look at everything in the word of God and say God owes me these blessings. God owes me a blessing. Understand something tonight. God does not owe you anything. God gave you breath. God gave you life. He gave you ability. He gave you movement. He does not owe you anything. I'm a child of God. <laughs> I always thought when I was young, it would have been nice to be able to choose my parents. I'd probably chose something that looked a little bit better. After all, I'm their offspring. Could have helped me out a little bit in school. I'd have chose something that had a little bit more money. I'd have chose something that had a little bit better fashion sense. I don't like looking at pictures of me when I was little. They put me in some weird looking stuff. I would have chosen ones without so many children already. I would have chosen a family where I'd have been the only child if I had the choice. But understand something. God put me where he wanted me for a purpose. God gave me the life that I have lived for a purpose. What I choose to do with it is my business. Nobody can make you do anything you don't want to do. And God's not going to. God simply gave you life and said, my desire is to bless you. My desire is to keep you. My desire is to have covenant fellowship with you. But what you do with it is up to you. God did not have to save you. And God did not have to deliver you. But he looked into your life and said, I see something on the inside of them that nobody else saw. And I'm willing to draw them out of a pit of sin. It's up to you tonight. What do you want from God? He doesn't owe it to you. But you can go after we live in a we live in a religious society to where now everything is about prosperity I honestly I think one of and I'm not an easily angered person I'm a very mellow guy one of, I think one of the maddest I've ever been in my life was a couple years ago as we were going to a rest home service that our church was, was sponsoring and putting on and, and we began to see lives changed and great things happening. We were there on a Sunday afternoon and, and I taught the word of God and God blessed in a great way. And as we were walking out, Brother McGee, there was a little lady sitting there in a wheelchair with tears flowing down her face and she looked up at me and this is what she said. She said, I was watching Christian television this morning. She said, and the preacher on television said that if I would send him $1,000, then God would heal me. She looked at me with tears flowing and said, I don't have $1,000. She said, but if I give you everything I have, would you pray for me? You're talking about mad. Before I ever could lay my hand on her to pray for her, I had to repent. Yeah. 
Because I was saying every Christian cuss word I knew in my head. Bless that Satan, that Lucifer. I looked at her and I said, ma'am, I said, God doesn't need your money. All God needs is your willingness and belief that he can touch you. She said, I believe it with everything within me. Understand, God is not after your money. He is not after your finances. He is not after your wealth. But what he is after is your obedience to say, God, whatever you want for my life, I'm ready to get up and go after it. We hear it all the time. All you got to do is name it and claim it. (laughs) Blab it and gab it. (laughs) You got to understand something. God isn't that way. Because I've seen many, many people stand in altars and claim all kinds of things. (laughs) Oh God, this time it's for real. I was telling your pastor just the other night of an incident that happened at our home church. There was a gentleman that came in. He's still there today. And, and he would, service after service, he would go to the altar. He would pull out that old pack of cigarettes and lay them on the altar. He would pray, and man, we would rejoice with him. After service, you'd see him sneak back up. Pick him up on the way back out the door. Well, I just didn't feel like God delivered me. I'm going to hold on to them just a little bit longer. (laughs) We had Easter service. And uh, normally our Easter services, we can't hold them in our sanctuary because of the size of it. And so we'll we'll, we'll take our services out to our gymnasium. And and, uh, it was right after Easter service. And we were still in the gymnasium having, having service. And this man got up one night. God was beginning to move at the beginning of service. And this man gets up and... He takes that pack of cigarettes and why he's walking to the altar. I guess he wanted to put on a better show than normal this time. And so he just takes those cigarettes and throws them up in the air and just walks to the altar with his hands up. Little did he know that he threw those cigarettes just right. That they went up to the ceiling of the gymnasium and landed on top of a beam. And you can see him standing at the altar going. Our pastor looked at it and said, you see that? You threw them up and Jesus just grabbed them up. Understand something. If you want it from God, you've got to be willing to get up and go after it. Going even when you don't know where you are. (laughs) Trevor made a statement yesterday. We got to a parking lot. He said, Dad, are we here where we are? He said, yes, sir. He said, wherever you go, there you are. But we've got to get over this mentality that God owes you a blessing. God already paid the price for salvation. Don't put him back on the cross for your blessing. But all it takes to get a blessing from God is you send up praise and God will send down blessing. You pay your tithe, pay your offerings, and God will bless you. That's all it takes. Understand that Caleb was not a modern day preacher. 
He didn't say, give me my mountain because I said so. He said, because God spoke it. Understand that if you want a blessing from God, there's something deeper than you just speaking it. I want to I use Caleb as an example of some of the things that you've got to do to get what you want. The very first thing that Caleb was willing to do that not many other people were willing to do is go where they, nobody else wanted to go. If you'll notice, even when he proclaimed, give me this mountain, he said the reason why I went there was because the children of Anakim were there and they were giants. Caleb said nobody else was willing to walk into the land of the giants but me. That's why he could stand there 85 years old and say, hey, I was willing to go where nobody else was willing to go. Give me my mountain. I'm telling you, if you want a blessing from God, you've got to be willing to go where you've never been and see things you've never seen and pray prayers you've never prayed before and then God will open a door and you can look at it and say, hey, that's mine. <laughs> Isn't it funny? We get excited when those men bring back grapes from the land of the giants. <laughs> but understand this. Don't get excited over the size of the fruit. Because the size of the fruit is proportionate to the size of the enemy. Why would there have been any need for a giant vine of grapes if there wasn't giants eating them? Don't look at big blessings and say, God, I want that. But then expect to walk right into your blessing without any effort, without any prayer, and without any fight. If you want big blessings, you better be willing to fight big giants because they're not going to let go of them. You may be seated. God's promises are as big as you want to try him. I've seen God do everything from heal disease to heal handicaps to touch headaches. And he's willing to do them all. But what are you willing to let him do? What are you willing to say, okay, God, if this is what you want, just do it. But God, that's not what I asked for. It's okay. Everybody sucks their thumb when they're a baby. But there comes a time to where the taste of meat has to outweigh your want for the bottle. 
you've got to get to a point where you say God I am tired of dealing with small issues when I serve a God who is bigger than anything that I could ever come in contact with what I've got to get to is God whatever you want in my life whether it's what my flesh wants or not I know it's good for the spirit and I've got to go after it God's blessings, you may be seated, God's blessings are not always going to come to you. There are going to be times where you've got to get up and go get it. My family and I, I'm going to use this as a quick example. When we go places like Golden Corral or anywhere that has a buffet, we... We, we have a particular spot we like to sit in. And it's close to the dessert bar. And it's not because we like dessert that much. But we see people that we title professionals at the buffet. And you can always pick out the professionals because they've got their route. Now, now they, they've paid the price. They can eat whatever they want to. But it's funny to me that the, the real professionals have got it down to where they bring people with them. That they don't even have to go get it anymore. They can just point. Yeah, get some of that. No, the other. So, yeah, a little bit more. Talking about professionals. We got them in the church. <laughs> oh, pastor, that's good right there. <laughs> pastor, <laughs> don't put that on the plate. You know better than that. You know I ain't going to eat that. Pastor, why are you even preaching that? You know that ain't going down my throat. What we've got to do is we've got to get out of the professional mentality. And whatever's preached from the pulpit, you say, God, whatever you want inside of me, I'm going to taste and see that the Lord, he is good. I'm telling you, he's got a blessing for you tonight. But you've got to stop picking and choosing what you think is acceptable. My God, i got to hurry. How'd I get over here talking about professional eaters? <laughs> Second thing that defined Caleb was the company that he tried to get his blessing with. If Caleb and Joshua would have only been the only ones spying, that would have never been 40 years of wondering. But when you try to walk into your blessing surrounded by people that don't feel the same way you do, it's going to do nothing but cause confusion and chaos when you're trying to get your blessing. 
you better be careful who you let explore your blessing with you because they may be the very ones that wind up wandering for 40 years wondering why didn't God bless you the way we thought he was going to bless you maybe it's because I had somebody telling me that God's not able you need to get those people out of your life and get yourself around somebody that says I know my God can do it to him there's nothing to it you need to surround yourself with people that'll say I know I'm going after what God's got for me go into Joshua 14 and 7 listen to Caleb's words as he prepares he didn't just jump in and say hey I want that but he's leading up to something watch his words in Joshua 14 and 7 Forty years old was I when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to spy out the land. And I brought him word again as it was in my heart. Verse 8 said, Nevertheless, my brethren that went up with me made the heart of the people melt. But I wholly followed the Lord my God. Now let me tell you this. There may be some naysayers around you, but you need to block them out and get it made up in your mind that the way God made me feel in my heart, the day he gave me my promise is what I'm going to hold on to. So you can be a naysayer if you want to, but I'm going after my promise. be seated Caleb determined it's mine I don't care how long it takes I don't care what battles I have to face I'll go ahead and throw this in for free too Caleb done his time wandering walking in circles around what he already knew was his 40 years to cross Jordan after 40 years of walking in circles and guess what God asked him to do walk in circles again told you God's got a sense of humor but then Caleb doesn't cross Jordan and then go to Joshua say give me my mountain but before he was willing to go get his he was willing to look at his brothers. The same ones that didn't want to possess and say, I'm going to make sure you get your blessing and then I'll get mine. It's all right. Joshua 14 and 9. And Moses swear on that day, saying, Surely the land whereon thy feet have trodden shall be thine inheritance and thy children's forever, because thou hast wholly followed the Lord my God. I want you to notice something right here. This was before, Mo, before they ever possessed. Understanding the words of Moses right here. And this is where a lot of trouble in the apostolic church today lies. Is because we in the ministry become so attached to our positions that we are scared that someone is going to get bigger and more blessings than us. Moses knowing that he would never see the promised land looked at Caleb and said, Caleb, I'm never going to see this thing. 
I'm never going to get to see the land that flows with milk and honey. I'm never going to get blessed like you. But what God told me to tell you is there's a blessing coming for you. Then I'm not even going to be able to have myself. What we need in the ministry is men of God that will look at you and see the anointing in you and see the blessing on your life and say, hey, you might be more anointed than I am, but I pray God lets you be blessed. So that leads me to the third thing that Caleb did that most of us don't. He held on to the words of his man of God. A lot of us, I know I've been patted on the back many times after service, told great job, only to the next service if you asked him what you preached. One of the greatest compliments that I've been paid since I've been on the road was by a gentleman in Lexington, Kentucky. We preached there in our first year on the road. And just about a year or so ago, we went back to that church on the second time we'd ever been there. And this brother walked up to me. And he said, hey, Brother Bridges. He said, how are you? I said, good. He said, I'm so glad you're back. He said, because that message you preached last time really touched my life. I've had people tell me that before. But then he started naming the scripture that I used. And the title of the message. And what I said, and I said, my God. I didn't even, I'm glad you told me. I may have re-preached it. it, it, it It'll touch your man of God. When not only will you pat him on the back after he preaches, but you'll go home and you'll dwell on it. And you'll hold on to it. Because I can promise you this. You got a man of God that'll stand in this pulpit and every word he preaches is for the uplifting and the benefit and the furtherment of this church. God would not have called him here lest he had a calling on his life for you. You better hold on to his words because he's going to get you your promise. Just keep on. Joshua 14 and 10, I'm trying to hurry tonight. I don't want to be too long. Joshua 14 and 10 says, And now behold, the Lord hath kept me alive as he said. These forty and five years, even since the Lord spake this word unto Moses, while the children of Israel wandered in the wilderness, and now, lo, I am this day fourscore and five years old. The man is 85 years old, and now he is making a proclamation that most of us have trouble doing. Most of us feel like we are self-made people, and we feel like that we've done it on our own. He said, but I'll let you know, those 40 years of wandering in the wilderness, it was not me that kept myself. He said, but it was the Lord Almighty who kept his hand upon me. What you've got to realize, saint of God, is you can't do it on your own and you can't make it without Jesus but you gotta throw your hand up and say hey look at what I am it's not because what I've done but it's because the Lord has kept me oh somebody say thank you Jesus for keeping me I'm thankful 
for the keeping hand of God. I know that this is a cliche and it's rhetoric that we say often. But if you ever sit back and really meditate, when you say this, you'll begin to feel something. If it had not been for the Lord, where would I be? When you sit back tonight and nobody else is around you, I want you to begin to pray and I want you to begin to think, God, if it had not been for you, I don't know where I'd be because some of you, I guarantee, wouldn't be sitting on a pew tonight. Some of you would be on a bar stool. Some of you would be in a prison cell. And there's some of you that would be six feet under tonight if it had not been for the hand of God. Let me tell you something. The only reason you you are where you are is because God kept you. Right, musicians, come on. I'm going to close right here. Not done, but I'm finished. I'm thankful for the keeping hand of God. This is the amazing thing about my God. You ready? Not only will he keep you, but watch Joshua 14 and 11. As yet, I am as strong this day as I was in the day that Moses sent me. As my strength was then, even so is my strength now for war. A lot of people in their frailty and in their weakness will proclamate that God has kept me but then they'll talk about how weak they are understand this that if God is willing to keep you then he is willing to keep you strong so don't you ever feel like that because you've been in church for 40, 50, 60 years that you are weaker than you were when you were younger because Caleb said I'm as strong this day as I was when Moses sent me and I'm not just strong enough to talk about it but I'm strong enough to to go out and war against the enemy. What we need elders is not people that say I'm just too old and too weak, but we need prayer warriors that'll go out and begin to war in the spirit and say I'm as strong now as I ever have been. I wish there'd be some people standing to your feet tonight and begin to proclaim my strength is not gone. My strength is not gone, but I'm as strong now as I've ever I know you've been through some ups and I know you've been through some downs but if you believe your God has kept you then he has kept you strong it's more than you just speaking it I remember in high school you could always know within five minutes whether or not two guys were going to fight or not because if all they ever did was stand there and talk to each other I'll beat your brains out no I'll knock you out I never got in a lot of fights I guess people thought I was mean because I was big 
I'm just borderline professional. <laughs> but I was a good instigator. I would always stand there bitching and I'd say, don't talk about it. Be about it. If you're going to knock his teeth out, do it. I want to see it. Hurry, teachers are coming. Hit him. They stood there for more than a couple minutes. I look at them and say, y'all ain't going to fight. They said, oh, we're going to fight. No, you ain't. Sit down. Stop that mess. <laughs> so you can stand here tonight and you can make all kinds of proclamations. You can throw your fist in the air and say, Satan, I'm coming for you. I'm coming after what belongs to me. But yet you sit there and never make a move. Satan is looking at you saying, I wish in this place tonight somebody would get a Caleb spirit on the inside of you that says, I'm tired of talking about it. I'm tired of walking around my miracle. I'm tired of watching everybody else around me be blessed. But tonight, God, I'm coming after it. As they begin to play and sing, I want to open these altars to a Caleb in this place. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information about our services and activities, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with the username FACMC. Again, that's FACMC. Thank you, and have a blessed day.